Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. How do you deal with giants? Well, you defeat them. Now that's easier said than done, might be your comment. Pastor Greg Laurie says you'd be right if you had to fight alone. We have a giant called the devil. And our giant was defeated 2,000 years ago by the Lord himself. So we don't have to defeat the devil in our strength. Christ has already done that. So I don't fight for victory. I fight from victory. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. In the 1600s, mathematician Blas Pascal first illustrated something called a hydraulic jack. It lifted heavy objects easily. Well, today, hydraulic jacks lift cars, trucks, houses, nearly anything. Heavy equipment makes the impossible possible. On A New Beginning Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the heavy equipment that we have at our disposal for our fight against the devil. We'll see that our giant-sized adversary is no match for our all-powerful God. giants, so to speak, that we face in life. Something dark and sinister lurking around the perimeter of your life. How do you deal with giants? Well, you defeat them. But how do you defeat a giant? Glad you asked that question. And that's what we're going to look at in the very familiar story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17 Uh, I'm going to start in verse 40, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Goliath walked toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy, he roared at David, Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Goliath yelled, Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Now look at what David does. David shouts in reply, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today, David says, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head, and then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the wild birds and animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone will know that The Lord does not need weapons to rescue His people. It's His battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. Now look at this. Don't miss this verse. As Goliath moved closer to attack, underline this, David quickly ran out to meet him. David didn't just hold his ground. He took ground. He ran quickly out to meet him. Verse 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, He hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face downward on the ground. Then notice that David finishes the job. 1 Samuel 17, 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and a sling. And since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. And David used it to kill the giant and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned 
and ran. So what do we learn from this? If you're taking notes, here's point number one. We all have giants in life. We all have giants in life. We all face severe hardships and seemingly insurmountable obstacles and temptations. 1 Corinthians 10.13 reminds us, remember the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He'll keep the temptation from becoming so strong you can't stand up against it. So when you're tempted, He'll show you a way out so you will not give in to it. So we all have a giant. And whatever you're going through, and I don't know what that is, but it's not unique necessarily to you. Someone else is facing something similar or someone has faced something similar. We all have giants in life. And know this, every giant is defeatable. Point number two, David knew the battle belonged to the Lord. He knew the battle belonged to the Lord. Verse 47, he said to Goliath, it's his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. That's how he could bring a rock to a sword fight. Because that's exactly what he did. This was a war. He said, I'm good. Got my sling. Just found a very nice smooth stone. And it's a reminder to us that we're in a spiritual battle. And you fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. And so that is the way we need to come at the challenges that we face in life. And we're afraid of our giants. We're afraid of these threats against us. But we need to remember that God is in control and He's more powerful than our adversary. And that brings me to point number three. Attack your giants. Look at verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him. He ran at his giant. Point number four, finish the giant off. Verse 51 of 1 Samuel 17 says, He ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and he killed the giant. And that's what you need to do as well. You need to kill your giants and burn your bridges. This is not a mystery, folks. Well, I have, I'm tempted by booze. I, it's really hard. You have booze in your house? Yes, I do. Get rid of it. How do I do that? Take off the cap, pour it down the drain. I can't. You must. Well, I, I have drugs. I have a little stash here. Get rid of them. That's bad stewardship. Can I sell them? No. <laughs> You'll be arrested. Just get rid of them. Get rid of these things. I mean, we keep these things that are our weakness around and then we're shocked when they come back to get us in a moment of vulnerability and we're tempted to go back to that thing again. Deal with it. If it's sexual sin, you have to put barriers around your life so you don't fall into that sin again. Honestly, sometimes it's a complete termination of a relationship. It's very hard. If you have a relationship with a guy or girl, and uh, it turns romantic, and then if it turns sexual, it's very hard to turn that clock back, okay? And say, we're not gonna do that anymore. Well, that's easier said than done. So you're gonna probably have to bring your relationship to a place where you're not in a situation of vulnerability like you were in before. But you need to call it what it is. Sin is sin. We rationalize it. Well, it's a weakness. It's a vulnerability. Everybody's doing it. Doesn't really matter. Sin is still sin. So another way to kill your giant is to make yourself accountable to someone. So let's say you have a struggle. Say, you know, go to someone you trust 
and say, I'm going to tell you a little something about a personal struggle. And I need you to pray for me. And I need you to hold me accountable. And I need you to check up on me and ask me how I'm doing. And I won't resent it if you do it. In fact, I want you to do it. So that sounds good until he does it or she does it for the first time, right? It's like, hey, don't be getting in my business. No, you need someone to do that. Uh, if you're married, it's like your wife needs to have your uh, passcode, for instance. My wife can look at anything I'm saying to anybody. And the other day she got on my phone and she texted a friend of mine, as me, and, and he asked me a question so she thought she would respond, as me, and said, oh, I can't make it. Then she did a little emoji blowing a kiss. I'm like, <laughs> I would never have the kissing emoji, okay? I had to actually text him. I did not send that emoji. He said, it's too late. It's already out there. Oh, you know. So now I'm changing my password. No, I'm kidding. But you know, you deal with it in the light of day. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And let's continue now with his message called, How to Overcome Your Giants. After David defeated Goliath, look at what happened. First Samuel 17, 51. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned and ran, and then the Israelites gave a great shout of triumph. They rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, and the bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sha'arim as far as Gath and Ekron. Okay, so now let's see what this means to us. We have a giant called the devil. And our giant was defeated 2,000 years ago at the cross of Christ by the Lord Himself. In fact, we're told over in the book of Colossians 2.14, Christ on the cross canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it, nailing it to the cross. And this way he disarmed the evil rulers and authorities and shamed them publicly. The Israelites shared in the victory of David. His victory was their victory. We share in the life of the greater David, the son of David, the one who was the root and offspring of David, Jesus Christ. So we don't have to defeat the devil in our strength. Christ has already done that. So I don't fight for victory. I fight from victory. So there it is. So let's review and close. Number one, everyone has giants. There are no exceptions. It's just a matter of what, where, or who your giant is. Number two, the battle belongs to the Lord. I need to rest in the finished work of what Christ has done. It's a spiritual battle that needs to be fought with spiritual weapons. Point number three, attack your giant. Bring your giant, your addiction, your issue, your problem, your whatever that is bothering you into the light of day. Call on God and pray for His power and attack it. Don't put it off a week or a month or a year. Deal with it right now. And fourthly, finish your giant off. Cut off its head. Burn your bridges. Break with the past. Draw the lines. Make yourself accountable to others. And stay away from people or situations where you would be unnecessarily tempted. Sometimes you have to take greater measures. Uh, Kathy and I were staying in a hotel recently and 
and they gave me a big glass jar full of those little pretzels with peanut butter in them. I find those addictive, right? And so I had one, oh so good, because they're a little salty and a little sweet. And I had another, and I had another, and I've taken maybe a quarter of them are already gone. I'm just eating them. I'll have one, walk away, come back, have another, walk away. Yeah, I don't just take a handful and own it, then come back a little later, eat another one. And I realized if I don't stop, I'm going to eat all of them. I just know it. So I went over, <laughs> it's a bad thing, went over to the toilet, poured them all, flushed it. <laughs> Temptation gone. <laughs> Temptation gone. As a great theologian, Clint Eastwood once said, a man's got to know his limitations. So that was my vulnerability. So Kathy comes in the kitchen. She said, where did all the pretzels go? You ate all of them? I said, no, I flushed them down the toilet. I don't think she believed me, but it's true. <laughs> Sometimes you have to take radical measures. You do. Let me close with this. I know I said I was closing 15 minutes ago, and then I ranted on, didn't I? But it wasn't that bad. You heard the pretzel story and you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> That's all you'll remember is the pretzel story. Um, our foe, the devil, was defeated at the cross. And the devil would like you to think that uh, you're his. He would like you to think he can do whatever he wants in your life. And maybe in a sense that's true if you're not a Christian. Because a non-Christian is just a sitting duck. It's like they have a target painted on them. But the believer, we're protected. Because Christ died for us, He lives in us. So maybe you've said, you know, I, I want to be a better person. I want to overcome this addiction. I, I want to be kinder. I, I want to be more loving. I want to change. And, you know, maybe I'll just get a Bible and I'll, I'll start reading the Bible and I'll go to church a little bit and, you know, and learn a few Christian sayings like hallelujah, praise God, and it's all going to burn or whatever. I don't know. But, well, that's not what being a Christian is. That's maybe improving your life a little bit, but being a Christian is just saying, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I need help and I need it now. I need God. That's why the Bible calls it being saved, which is the perfect picture. Saved. You're like a drowning person. A person that cannot save themselves. And you're drowning in sin. And Christ can save you. And you say, but how does that happen? It's when you admit your sin and call out to Him. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Jesus said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you believe in Him tonight? Do you believe in Him now? Wherever you are, if you want Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sin and help you defeat your giants, it can happen right here, right now. He stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Would you like him to come in? In a moment we're gonna pray and I'm going to extend an invitation for you to have Christ come and take residence in your heart. An opportunity for you to be forgiven of all of your sin. A way for you to have a fresh start in life. He's just a prayer away. This is not some long, complex process you go through. It's just where you reach out to Him and say, Lord, I need you tonight. Come into my life. And He will. So we're going to bow our heads for a prayer. And if you're not sure if Jesus is living inside of you, and you want Him to, if you want to go to heaven when you die, 
respond to this invitation as we pray. Father, speak to any person here, any person listening or watching wherever they might be who does not yet know you. Help them to come to you, help them believe in you, and help them be forgiven by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you right now. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me. You might even pray it out loud. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and he will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God. So congratulations, you've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. And if that's you, well done. And we'd love to help you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started living as a Christian. and We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll answer some of the questions you might have, and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-005011. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg continues his look at the great heroes of the Bible. It's a fascinating message called The Teenager Who Changed the World. Who do you reckon that is? We'll find out tomorrow, same time, right here on A New Beginning. For a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Overcome Your Giants. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.